Thank you, Miranda. That was beautiful. We're in Colossians chapter 2, 6 through 10 this morning. Last week, uh, the focus of my message is I want to be talking the, um, this week and next week as well on the passion of the gospel. And we talked last week about the importance, how essential it is in a church, what sets a church apart from just going through the motions and walking with the master has to do with the gospel. And, and here's what it's about, guys. The gospel, Jesus Christ, who, who loves us so much, He came, He died for us, He was placed in a grave, He came back from death, was set at the right hand of the Father, and He's come to set us free. And, and here's the difference. The difference is when that message becomes old news instead of the good news. Now, a church that's alive and a church that's living in the power of God is one who understands that it's good news. God forbid that it should ever become old news. And, and that worries me so often as I look around at us. We tend to get in these ruts and it becomes old news. It becomes something we've done instead of someone we are. And, and that's so different. And, and anyway, this morning, I, I want to go on from there. That's actually the start when you begin to grasp this good news. That Jesus loves me, that Jesus forgave me, that He's given me life. And you start. It doesn't end there, though. It, it's, it's actually the beginning of the most beautiful journey of all. It, it, it starts when the good news enters our life and becomes our life. But, you know, I, I was just thinking about this just now. It, it's, for some, it, it's almost like connect, disconnect, and then connect again. In other words, I, you know, Jesus, come into my life, forgive me. There's the connect. But then I can disconnect for a while. And then when it's time to go to heaven, I'll reconnect. So it's almost like connect, disconnect, connect. Think about how wacky that really is. No, it's connect, connect, connect. We're always connected to the living God. That's the good news. We go from death to life where there's this total connect, coming to Him, staying with Him until we're fully with Him. <laughs> and we shall be like Him for we'll be there in His presence. Anyway, we're going to look this morning at that good news, what it looks like among God's people. What it looks like when we are the good news, alive in the power of Jesus Christ. So as we look at that, it's in Colossians chapter 2, and our text is verses 6 through 10. So I'm going to ask when you find that to stand in God's honor as I read the text aloud. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in Him, rooted and build up in Him, strengthened in the faith as you were taught, and overflowing with thankfulness. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principles of this world, rather than on Christ. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And you've been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. Let's pray. Lord, uh, here we are once again, God, in need of that good news. Whether we've received and entered the journey, it's never the end, Lord. There's always you. And uh, Father, wherever we are in the need of connect, Lord, um, 
Connect us to you and your power, God. Speak to us, Lord. Father, you certainly don't need me or any of us, Lord. But you have chosen in your mercy to share your heart with us. And I pray that happens in the remainder of this time, that you share your heart with us, Lord. That we wouldn't be old news people at Kingsway, but good news people, Lord. Do that work, we ask. In the wonderful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You know, in some ways it would be great if at the moment that you trusted Jesus, as I talked about last week, where, where you have a face-to-face, mind-to-mind, heart-to-heart encounter with the living God. How awesome, how awesome that, that, that would be that at that moment of the face-to-face, mind-to-mind, heart-to-heart encounter, that zap, we were just made, you know, perfect, and that sin was just taken away. But it's not that way. We know that there's still that struggle. There's the connect to the living God. But until we're in heaven, there's still this battle with the presence of sin that's in us. You know, we still have this tendency, you know, you hit your thumb with a hammer, a cuss word might pop out. Or, or, or you get in traffic and there's that road rage. And how many times have I been so mad at somebody in that other car and wanted to just kill them, and then a little bit later I almost pull out in front of somebody. Oops! There are these struggles that we have and as you look at the church at Colossae people just like us people who had received Jesus Christ in that struggle seeking to live seeking to be the good news Paul gives them marks that clarify that type of walk to live to be the good news and we're going to look at those this morning Uh, I thought I'd have a little fun as I open up as a comparison to when the church, the people of God, are being good news, to when maybe we're being old news. And I want to use it from the perspective of football. That's right around the corner for uh, any sports fans that are here. Uh, First scene, picture this. Football game's getting ready to start. Football team's over there. They're talking. Man, they're getting close to each other. They have the coach in the middle. They pray together. And then it comes time, they blow the whistle, and out on the field goes the coach. Here comes the other team out there. Coach is all by himself. And he kind of comes up there and he says, Well, what's going on? What do you you mean your coach is going to play the game by himself? Oh yeah, yeah. Says this big guy on the line. He says, Yeah, you know, he's more trained than the rest of us. We got a lot of rookies. He knows how to play the game better than we do. And we trust Him. He's a great coach. And we, we, we've been praying for Him. We've been cheering Him. And we're ready for Him to go. Well, here comes the first play of the game. Coach gets the ball. And that's the last play of the game for Coach. I mean, they hit Him, pile on top of Him. They have to carry Him off on the stretcher. Didn't work too well. Guys, this is something we're in together. It's not about a one-person, one-church move of God. It's a joint effort and move of God. When the good news happens, it happens together with the people of God. Not just me, not just you. It works among the body of Christ. All right. (laughs) Second picture. Uh, The guys get together. They come out on the field this time. The offense comes out there and they get in their huddle. And they blow the whistle for the play to start, but they're still in their huddle. 
referees penalizes them, sets them back, they're still in their huddle. This wackiness continues on until they're on their old goal line. And the coach runs out there and he says, What is going on, guys? What are you doing? We've got to play the game. And they go, But we love our huddle. We just have the best huddle. We come into this huddle and these guys know the plays. And we get to talk about the plays and we get to enjoy the plays. And I mean, it's powerful. It, I, I, and besides, coach, have you seen those guys? They're big. And if we get out there, we might get hurt. You don't get hurt in a huddle. May we not be guilty of that. You see, it's old news when we just stick in the huddle. When we just meet together and we, we come together and we, we get trapped in that holy huddle. We just need bigger and better huddles. But that's not the call. The call is to be in the game. It's to live for the Lord Jesus Christ in this place and out of this place. For His power, His glory. That's the way it's supposed to work. All right, third scene. Here come the guys back out on the field. They're getting ready to play. Just before they line up, they break up in twos and threes, and they start arguing. One guy says, I hate the uniforms. They're the wrong colors in that stupid little emblem they have on the helmet. Oh, man, how can I wear this and be a serious football player? It's so goofy looking, so stupid. So they're arguing back and forth. Another guy says, and I can't stand band music that's coming up at halftime. We ought to have some good serious rap out here, man. What's wrong with this? What's wrong with these people? Yeah. And, and another guy says, Well, I'm going to take my ball and I'm going to go home anyway because I'm, I can throw the ball better than that guy that got playing quarterback. So I should be playing quarterback. I can't believe they're doing this. Those dummies. So there's all this arguing and, and, and they never get to play the game. And unfortunately, sometimes that happens when it's the old news instead of the good news. God's people begin to, they begin to bicker and, and they're not really focused on why they're there. They're focused on a bunch of little stuff. That's, that's not, not the reason, not the purpose, not, not what it's about. All right, half time they go in. Of course, they're getting beat up pretty bad. But they come in that second half and come out with a passion. And they play, and they come back, and believe it or not, they win the game. <laughs> and afterward, they interview the team, and man, everybody's fired up, even though they're somewhat beaten up. And they said, what was the difference? What happened? And Coach said, well, we got in there, and I was just honest with the guys. Guys, I'm not being a good coach. And I started talking to each one, just, you know, just like it, telling it like it is. Here's what you should do. Here's what you're not doing. And... and the guys just honestly start saying, you know, I need to do my job. I need to do my part. I need to play my position for this to work. And, and then they begin looking at the playbook, saying, you know, these plays are good that were drawn up. And, and, and then they begin to thinking about, you know, about the heart of what it means to be a great team and, and, and a great coach. And, 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 and they said it was just like a spirit even beyond us. Grabbed control of us. And so we went back out there, man. We played from the heart. And, and we did our job. And we played together. 
And it made all the difference in the world. That's what happens when it's the good news instead of just old news. We, 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 there's a passion that comes out of that because we begin to see that each of us count, that each of us have a role, and that each of us have to play according to a specific plan, which is the gospel, which is the good news, that people need to hear that God loves them, but that sin has separated them from a holy God, but that God in His love sent Jesus to die upon a cross, to be raised from the dead, to sit by the Heavenly Father and to give us hope and to give us a, a new start, a new chance. And, and, and that's what's to move us and all of us uh, go toward that goal. But we do it in different ways, working together for His power. That, that's what happens with the good news. It's not a finished product. It, it's something that we're continuing toward until we're in glory with Him. Now, as we look at this section of Scripture, I want to look at some marks of this. What it looks like when in a church, it's good news people. And so, uh, let's look at these. Uh, first one here that I want to look at is the Christian life's a life of living by faith. Look at verse 6 here. So then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in Him. How did we receive Christ Jesus as Lord? We just received Him. It was a gift. It was coming to a place of saying, God, it's, it's not what I can do. It's, it's what you offer. It was simply by trusting Him. It was saying, okay, God, I'm going to trust you with all that I am all that you are, walking by faith. Now he says here, continue to do that. When God's people are alive, we walk by faith, which is tough, because faith means you can't see it, and you can't determine it by the five senses, yeah? You don't, you don't hear it and smell it and touch it. And, you, know, you don't use all those senses. And, and, but you walk by faith. You trust Him. You know, there's doubts. You don't have it all together. You don't have all the answers. You, you don't understand it fully. And you don't know your future totally, all the details. You just know that you can follow Him. You just know that He loves you. That's what the faith is all about. It's, it's a blind trust, but it's not really blind because you can trust Him. You can place your heart in it. Uh, it. It says in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we live by faith, not by sight. Guys, that's a call. Live by faith, not by, by sight. Um, you, know, you can think of a lot of examples of this. Uh, for example, if anybody's ever been on an airplane, um, you go to the airport, you trust the flight plan, that the guy's not going to, you know, you're not going to end up in Timbuktu when you get on a plane, but that it's got a specific destination and you can trust that destination. You know, the screen up there, you, all that you can trust. And then you trust the pilot. You think, man, this guy, you know, he, he didn't get his degree out of a bubblegum machine. You know, he, he knows how to fly this plane. There's a specific amount of trust. Or, or think about it for those of you who are married. You know, you meet that person, you fall in love, and you think, oh, this person's great. This person's wonderful. And I know this person. That's why I want to marry him. And then you marry him and you think, I didn't really know him quite so well. I didn't know that he snored like a beaver caught in a trap. Didn't, didn't, didn't fully know him. But there's this trust and, and growing together and, and loving together. And, and then what about the pharmacist? You go in and you get your medication. And the guy's back there. And, you know, 
Well, she's back there and she's putting the medicine in there. You don't think, man, I hope he got that medicine right. I hope he's not giving me something wrong here. Now, there's a, there's a basic trust. Or I was thinking about texting. You know, we live in this world of texting now. And how do I know if I don't get a text back that my text went to where it was supposed to go? How do I know where that went? It's just crazy. The words, I mean, what would it look like? Letters passing through the, passing through the world. <laughs> Bristles just full of letters. <laughs> going everywhere, you know. And phones are catching them. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? You know, there's this trust and there's this basic faith and we're called to live by faith. So, are you? Are you living by faith? Are you trusting Him moment by moment, day by day? Or is it just a fixed deal? All I really wanted to do was escape hell. But there's more to it than that. Part of escaping hell is finding life. Now, next one here is to grow up in Christ, not just grow old on earth. Notice in verse 7, it says, rooted and built up in Him. Rooted and built up in Him. Strengthened in the faith as you were taught. Okay, to be rooted in Him, built up in Him, strengthened in that faith. So, um, this when the Scripture talks about faith, how does that occur, that growing in the faith. You see, there's a difference between growing up in the Lord and growing old in the Lord. You can grow old in the Lord and not grow up in the Lord. You can stay an infant in the Lord and not be mature. But when the good news is alive and working in the body of Christ, we don't stay babies. We grow up in Him. And uh, it, it makes all the difference growing up in Him. All right, uh, first way we do that, hearing God's Word. That's what you know, we're doing this morning. Uh, you're here and, and, and you're hearing what the Word has to say. But, but then it moves on from that and it becomes studying God's Word. That's something you do. It's beyond just hearing it. You sit down and say, what does this mean, Lord? And you just ask God, you know, like Psalm 119, 118, open my eyes that I may behold wonderful things out of your law. That's what you're doing, you know, it's your prayer. God, show me, show me what this means, God. Speak to my heart, you know. You, you, you read it and, and then you study it and, and it comes alive. And, and um, then another further step, you memorize it. You say, I, I want to take more time to think about it. So if I memorize it, when I have some free time, I can sit and think about it. And once you memorize it, once you learn it, you know, and, and then to continue to think about it is to meditate on it, you know, and that is the word picture of a cow chewing its cud. And, you know, I don't want to make anybody sick or, you know, exactly what all that means. It just happens again and again and again, you know, taking that cud and chewing it and re-chewing it and re-chewing it and re-chewing it. In other words, you know, God, reveal this to me. And there's this serious uh, thought, serious struggle with God, show me what, what it means. Reveal it to me, Lord, by your power. Um, show me. So, that's God using His Word to speak to us. And then there's prayer, which is us speaking to Him. And both are so critical in growing and being established in the faith. We have to hear from Him, and He wants to hear from us. Now, different ways that uh, in prayer that, that uh, we speak to Him is Number one, confession is, is when God nails us by His Spirit and we just say, okay, God, I agree with you. 
I need to clean up my act here. I need to run to you. I need to talk to that person. I need to deal with this issue. That's confession. Not only is there confession, but there's praise. There's a time to say, God, I'm just going to worship you. I'm just going to adore you. I just want to give you the attention, God. So in prayer, there's praise. And then there's intercession. It's when people that we love are hurting and God calls us to pray for those people. God gives us a burden for those people and their circumstances and He wants us to intercede. And then the last one is petition. Petitions just means, God, I'm a mess and I'm going to run to You. I've got to pray about me because I need You, Lord, in my life to intervene in this circumstance, Lord. So work, God, work. So it's not enough just to grow old in the Lord. We've got to grow up in the Lord. All right. Next one here. The Christian life is a life of cultivating an attitude of gratitude. Look at the text here. Um, it says, overflowing with thankfulness. It is a picture here of a riverbank that is overflowing. There's just too much water. Uh, the banks can't hold all of it. I love a, a verse in John 1. It says, From the fullness of His grace, we have all received one blessing after another. In other words, His blessings just keep coming. Just keep coming. And it is a picture of beginning to see God's blessings. You know the great song, Count Your Blessings. <laughs> Name them one by one. Count your blessings. See what God has done. What a great way to live. That's what he's saying here. Man, when the gospel's good news instead of old news, you count your blessings. You see how blessed you are. You see where God's working. All that he's given to you. You begin to see that. That, begins, that becomes your outlook. Guys, and it just changes everything. This attitude of gratitude. Now, chapter 4, verse 2 uh, in Colossians. I'll read just briefly. Uh, gives this command. He says, devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. So there is this call to pray. And Paul asks for specific intercession that I'll be able to deliver this message, mystery of Christ, clearly, Lord. Give me a door, a chance to do it. But I want you to notice in verse 2 there, he says, devote yourselves to prayer. Then he says, be watchful and be thankful. When we're praying, when we're devoting ourselves to prayer, it allows us to see clearly, to be thankful. And it keeps us from time wasters. It keeps us from being sidetracked. It keeps us following the, the road that God wants us to have. It, 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 it leads us um, according to His, His way. Uh, which is so pivotal, such an important part. You don't get sucked into those time wasters. A few years ago, there was an article in the Raleigh News and Observer about a lady named Mae Thompson. They didn't know how old she was because the records weren't accurate for Social Security Administration. Um, they just went back to March 27, 1846. So they knew that Mae was over 100 years old. Uh, she ate well and exercised until 105. She never smoked, and she kept a 22 in her bra. And so you better be a good neighbor to Mae Thompson. Mae Thompson was a strong woman. Being strong is being thankful 
Psalm 103, I just want to mention briefly, as the psalmist, as he shares his heart, guys, he, he talks about the being thankful, having a thankful heart, remembering God is the source of the blessings. I just want to read the first couple of verses. He says, Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise His holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul. Forget not all His benefits. Who forgives all your sins. Heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit. Crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things. So that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I go on, but you get the point. Don't forget His benefits. He's the healer. He's the one to trust. He's the one to count on. Be thankful. Be thankful. All right, moving on here. Uh, fourth is to resist those who would bring you into bondage. Look at verse 8. This is good news, people here. See to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy, which depends on human tradition and the basic principle of this world rather than on Christ. You know what happens to us if we're not careful? We come and we meet and we like the way we do things. We like the type of music we sing. We, we like the order of worship we tend to do. We become comfortable with the way that we worship. And often that's true in other aspects of our Christian walk. We become comfortable in a certain way we do things. And what happens is once you become comfortable and secure... You begin to put it on a pedestal. And if you're not careful, you think, this is the best way to do it. Matter of fact, this is the only way to do it. And other people who don't do it like I'm doing it, they don't quite know God as clearly as I do. Or walk as close to Him as I do. Not true, guys. God doesn't need the way we do things. There's nothing wrong with the way we worship. There's nothing wrong with the way we love Him. But we've got to be careful that we realize God is not in a box. God works all over the place in different countries, different lands, different churches, different denominations. He's about taking what's different and making it together in Jesus. He says, be careful. Don't let that happen. Uh, look at verse 16 here. Uh, he drops down here. He says, therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to a religious festival, new moon celebration, or a Sabbath day. He said, don't, don't be careful about setting yourself up as a judge or letting other people judge a certain way that you live and, and, and that you worship. That's this just a preference and, and not a conviction based clearly upon the Word of God. Be careful that doesn't happen in your life. Don't, guys, don't let that happen. Be careful about setting these specific lists that somehow set you holier than those that are around you. Be careful about that stuff. Because it's not about my list. I have a list. I have convictions that I believe about what God wants in my life. But that doesn't have to be your list. That's something God works in your life that may not work quite the same in my life. One more last one here, and I'm done. As they say in the hill, stick a fork in me, I'll be done here. Um, fifth, the Christian life is a life of being fully focused on Jesus Christ. Um, look at verses 9 and 10. For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, and you've been given fullness in Christ, who is the head over every power and authority. Hey guys, it always comes back to Jesus Christ. It's always Jesus. 
no matter how we get there, no matter our traditions, no matter what we enjoy, it always points to Jesus. It is Jesus who's forgiven us. It's Jesus who died for us. It's Jesus who's delivered and rescued us. It's Jesus who set us free. It's Jesus. And you can't forget about Jesus. There are those that want to make it about other things, but it's always Jesus. Listen, this is from uh, Eugene Peterson's book, Traveling Light. I just want to read a paragraph out of it. He, He writes, There are people who do not want us to be free. They don't want us to be free before God accepted just as we are by His grace. They don't want us to be free to express our faith originally and creatively in the world. They want to control us. They want to use us for their own purposes. They themselves refuse to live arduously and openly in faith, but huddle together with a few others to try to get a sense of approval by insisting that all look alike, talk alike, act alike, thus validating one another's worth. They try to enlarge their numbers only on the condition that new members act, talk, and behave the way they do. These people infiltrate communities of faith, spy out our freedom which we have in Christ Jesus, and not infrequently find ways to control, restrict, and reduce the lives of free Christians. Without being aware of it, we become anxious about what others will say about us, obsessively concerned about what others think we should do. We no longer live the good news, but anxiously try to memorize and recite the script that someone else has assigned to us. In such an event, we may be secure, but will not be free. We will survive as a religious community, but we will not experience what it means to be human, alive in love and faith, expansive in hope, conforming and self-congratulatory behaviors, not free. But Paul did not yield submission even for a moment that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. Now, these things I've been talking about, guys, these are marks of the good news alive in the community of faith, alive among us. Um, I close with an illustration. In 1933, Bill Knox, uh, who was a, he loved bowling. He was a bowler. He wanted to make a point about bowling. So he, he put this big screen to block his view of the bowling pins at the bowling alley. And he wanted to prove that he didn't have to see the pins to roll a strike. So this screen, it blocked the bowling pins. But the way he bowled was he would look at the marks that were lined up at the start of the lane. And they were lined up with a pin, so he could tell where to bowl by looking at those marks. And he proved it quite well, bowling a perfect game and having 12 strikes in a row. Why? Because he was looking at where he needed to release the ball. He was aiming by those marks in the lane. That's what we've been talking about today, is marks that help us to to see clearly that we're to walk by faith. We're to live by faith. Guys, and not only to live by faith, we're to to grow up in the Lord, not just grow old in the Lord. We're to let God work in our lives and and, and we're to be strengthened. We're we're, we're to be thankful, a people who are thankful in in what we do. And and guys, it's always, it's always going to come back to Jesus Christ who has set us free. And, And we're not to be held captive to a list of rules but we're to be free by the good news and, and, and that will excite us and it, it'll move us on to, to just being bogged down with this world as we see the, the freedom that, that it gives and, and, and that's the gospel that, that's what it means to be alive and, and that's our call and, and as I come to a place that we call response or invitation maybe there's someone here and what you've heard all your life is you know j- j- just 
Just do a list of rules. Just do stuff, and, 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 and you'll come to Christ. No, you trust Christ. That's what we talked about last week. He says you've got to be made new. You've got to be born from above. It's an, it's an experience with a living God. It's a face-to-face, mind-to-mind, heart-to-heart encounter where there's a specific change that, that brings us to be forgiven. And then you start. And, and you've got to start there. And if you've never experienced that, then this invitation's for you there. Encourage you right where you are to, to pray, God, forgive me, enter my life. Lord, I, I can't make it to heaven. But you, Father, can get me there. You died for me. Jesus, enter my life. Um, that opportunity is for you. Would love for you to come forward if God's spoken to you in that way. If, if He's dealing with you to, to come to Him and share with the body of Christ a new life and you start. Uh, for the rest of us, maybe you're just stuck in the old news. And He's saying it's time for it to become good news. Not old news. God, forgive us. How can something so exciting become such a burden? Messed up. God set us free. Maybe you need to come and pray. Maybe you need to come before the people. And He's got a hold of your heart and you want it to be alive and new and vibrant. That's the good news. It's not just something you have to get out of the way that you put on a shelf and you're done with it. No, it's connect, connect, connect. Not connect, disconnect, connect. So let's be connected. Let's pray. Lord, uh, as we approach you, God, we need you, Lord. Father, I just pray that your spirit move among us, Lord. What do you want to do, God? What do you want to do in my life? What do you want to do in the lives of my brothers and sisters here? Maybe it's to begin the journey. Maybe it's to be born anew, born above. Say yes to Jesus Christ. Receive his forgiveness. Maybe there's others here who, they've taken that first step. But Lord, there's been a disconnect somewhere along the line. And, and you're saying, ah, come home. Come back. Be in me. And Father, I, I pray for those that they might respond and come. Father, what are you up to? That's what we care about, Lord. Work this morning, God. May you have the freedom to call us. And may we say yes. In your name we pray.